Welcome, everyone. We're about to begin. Be'ezus Hashem, BPM number 62. That's Bais Primi Shir from Men, Shir number 62. We're going to talk now about various aspects of the physical intimacy. And the idea is, and we may also, we will touch upon some inyanim alpi kabbalah, like real uh, deep aspects of what's going on when there is physical intimacy between husbands and wives in the upper worlds. But I want to make a very uh, important disclaimer um, that for people like us, regular people, it's usually not healthy to have these um, high-level kavanas and whatever the kavanas that they say you should do, api kabbalah, while engaged in physical intimacy, because for us, what happens is, is that creates a distance between a husband and a wife, because you're involved in your own world, so to speak, even though it's a ruchniistic world, and the ikr mitzvah and the main mitzvah is to give uh, special um, attention to one's wife during this time. So it's very important that, you know, the Iker Mitzvah of, of Aina is to do that. It's similar to the Vart by Hanoich. It says he used to be a shoemaker, fixed shoes, and they say that he was Meyachad Yehudim, meaning he was thinking about different Shemais and Tzirufim, and Rosh said, that's not it. It wasn't that he was thinking about all these Tzirufim and all these things, but Meyachad Yehudim means simply that when he made the shoes, he was that it put his whole heart into it, that it should be honest, that it should be good quality shoes, and that I should help people walk and and do it right. And that's the Iker Mitzvah of Aina, not the high Kavanis, but the Kavanis simply to do the Mitzvah, because HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants you to do it, Mahu Rachum, Rachum, and to focus on giving pleasure and emotional love and support to one's wife during that time. But we will mention here, anyway, certain aspects of it from Rabbi Yaakov Emden Siddur because it shows you how significant it is. So one should learn about it before, know about it, to realize the significance of it and the kedusha of it and and the, the high important aspects that will bring to a tremendous amount of love physically, spiritually, and so on, but when you're actually engaging in physical intimacy, the ikr is is to focus on loving your wife and providing her sexual pleasure and emotional pleasure, emotional love, and so on and so forth. So it's also important if a wife is sort of reserved, and that's understandable, and she's a tsunua and she's not comfortable Talking about these in Yonim, what a husband can do and probably should encourage and say that I know you're not comfortable talking about these things and I know, you know, and that's a tzaniistic thing and I love that about you, but I'm also not a mind reader and sometimes I'm not even good at reading your body language, so sometimes I could misunderstand or misinterpret what you really want and what you like and what you don't like when it comes to this area. And what I want to do is to please you and give you pleasure, but I'll need your help in this process. I need to, sometimes 
it's true. I should get the hint of something, and sometimes I don't. So, in please, and I'm, I'm asking if you could openly communicate with me what you really need. You guide my hand to where you want me to put it, where you will feel good, and all of these things, and encourage her to open up in these areas. And never, ever look down, never, never make fun, never, ever be, you know, if she wants something that you find a little unusual or whatever it is, if it's mutarapi alacha and it's fine, then you do everything you can to make her satisfied and happy in this area. Rabbi Yaakov Emden in the city Yaivetz Mitis Akesev brings down, that one should not be intimate before embracing and kissing one's spouse, one's wife. He says there are two types of kisses. One is before intimacy, where by doing that, the husband arouses the love between the husband and the wife. The second is during the intimacy itself. When one kisses one's wife, it really is a union of spheres above, and that's the Kabbalah in Yanim of the of the Shara Gilgulim talks about it of the mystical dimensions of every time a husband and wife is together this way. The Rashis Chachma brings down that before the actual sexual organs are joined, there's a union of the upper part of the body with the lips uniting and kissing and the arms embracing. This is in Shara Kedusha of the Rashis Chachma Parakhtazayin, and it's it's Shairish, is from Tikkun Ezayar Tikkun Yud. And he says like this, fascinating, that the husband has two lips, and the wife has two lips. That's four lips. That represents the Shem Avaya, the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The four arms intertwined, the four lips that connect with each other, is the Yud Kei is the Shem Avaya, Yud Kei So when a husband and wife are kissing, there is a Yichud, of the yud k vav k and when the arms intertwine when the four arms embrace the two arms of the husband two arms of the wife and they hug each other they embrace each other that is mitzaref the shame of adonai aleph dalet nun yud so when and when you hold each other and kiss at the same time it's called a shilav a combining of energies of both the shame of Aya, yud k vav k and the shame adonai aleph dalet nun yud which means it's a wholly powerful moment. And it's a hagdoma to the actual sexual union by bringing HaKadosh Baruch Hu there. So again, like I said before, this is not to say that regular people should have these kavanas while actually engaged in intimacy because for most of us, we are unable to do that and at the same time pay full focused attention on what our wife needs. And that's the Iker Mitzvah. That's what's important. But you could contemplate on this before and you could think about how special it is to, in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And now we have a greater picture of how the Shechina comes down when there is this Ahava. Because again, it doesn't just mean the physically, the embracing and the kissing, which is the Yudke Vavke and the Adnai, but it's the whole feeling behind it and the love. And that's where the Shechina actually comes down. And the Rishis Chachma brings down on Vidavak Beishtai Vahayulabasa Echad that you should cleave to your wife and become like one flesh. The Zayar explains on this Pasik 
the kachdarka, this is the way how a male and female is to unite with skin touching skin, without clothing separating between them. And this again is a unity. We don't understand these aspects, but that's a male and female aspect where there's no separation. And that's when in Yidav and Shemayna Esrei, there's nothing separating between a person and Hashem when they're davening Shemayna Esrei. So too in the union of a husband and wife, there's nothing between them. We said many times about Shemtev, I believe it's based on the Zoyar, uh, parallels a physical union between a husband and a wife to Shemayna Esrei. It is the, the holiest of the holiest in the Kodesh HaKadoshim. And it's ideal, of course, it's ideal that the couple be covered over with, they should touch skin to skin, not have any clothing when connecting, but they should be, they should be covered. And there should be either a silence during the actual act or whispering words of love, but, but not anything louder. Now in foreplay, as long as, of course, we're talking about sneeze when the doors are closed and no one else can hear you, of course, but you could voice yourself as you're, you know, because just like before Shemayna Esrei, the voice brings concentration, and then when it comes to Shemayna Esrei itself, you lower your voice and whisper, because the noise creates distraction, and when you're quieter, the silence focuses on the unity and the and the ahava and the connection. So when you're saying words and love and affection and during foreplay, then you could speak in in a in a loving tone and and somewhat louder. But when it comes to that feeling of oneness, that's ab- absolute, that comes by by the actual act itself, where words cannot contain that emotion. It's a silence or at least a a whisper that is beyond beyond. That is the idea of being quiet during the time of the actual act of intimacy, similar to the concept of Shemayna Esrei. And the idea is to remember that all the, the, the whatever halachis that we see that are gedarim and what a husband and wife to do is not a cage. It's not meant to um, suppress us, on the, uh, but, but uh, the opposite is true. It is a key to unlock the door to bring the closest feelings and pleasure with one's wife and ultimately with one's creator, with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that is the idea, and it's so, so important. Now, because what happens is, we explained this before, people make the mistaken notion that if they bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into their bedroom, by remembering Vihini Hashem Nitzavalov, Hashem is watching him all the time, that that would take away from his physical pleasures and that would take away from him uh, enjoying the experience. Um, but the truth is, it's the opposite. Vihini Hashem Nitzavalov, when we talk about it, let's say when one wants to stay away from doing an Avera, so we say, no, Hashem is watching you, Nitzavalov is watching you and seeing you, and it brings awe. But the idea behind it, there's a deeper element to this. Vina Hashem Nitzavalov also means that I'm empowering you. Hashem is with you and is within you to empower you. He is the one who is giving you that energy and that koyach to do the mitzvah or to stay away from the Avera. And in this instance, in the bedroom, 
during physical intimacy, not just means Hashem is there and behave properly in a healthy way, but it also means I'm with you and I'm watching you. And not only I'm watching you, I'm empowering you. I'm investing in you the energy and the kayach to do this mitzvah in the best possible way where your wife enjoys the maximum amount of enjoyment. And for the wife also, she understands this, that she's empowered as well to do everything she does in the physical, intimate aspects as well. So that is really the Indian. And we talked about that ideally during the physical intercourse, the husband should be on top and the wife below. And there's reasons for this, the male energy being mashpia and the female energy being mikabal. And another uh, uh, reason the Gemara brings down that the man faces towards the earth where he came from and the woman faces upward towards the man where she was taken and other positions not halachically forbidden but it's discouraged often it's better like when you're actually entering to go back to that regular position and certainly when it's a time that it's prone to an opportunity for conception to 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 um to to have a conception of a child to also be in that position but again in situations where during pregnancy other types of reasons why a wife cannot experience pleasure in the regular position you're nervous about using different positions consult a rav consult a rav mashpia about shifting whatever positions that work best for you that even if a person is very you know wants to husband and wife together wants to do things in that more conservative way then 100 percent, let them ask but they should ask because it's a shalom bias indian and they should also be facing each other always punim connected punim face to face that's the ideal way and Again, there's different halachas here, which we're not going to get into. But the idea is is to have, a, that's the reason why a man is prohibited from looking or kissing um, is because of busha. But I want to explain the concept of busha here. People understand the word busha, the word in, translated into English, as being shame, embarrassment. That's not what busha is or it's being overly self-conscious. That's not what Busha is. It's not that. It's not that. It is, Busha is a sense of dignity, of kavod, of seeing the humanity in someone else and in yourself. Busha means that you're not looking at yourself or at, at your wife as an animal. You don't look at them as something purely physical. You recognize that there is a soul within it, within the, the man, within the woman. When we say koil be'isha erva, when a woman singing voices in erva, or, you're not, or when you watch a woman dance, you're not supposed to, or when you gaze at her even while she's davening, you would think that's Yerush, unless she's really a Yerushamayim. No, you don't look at her. And, and that's why there's harchakais, Archakais, by the way, the Indian in the, that realm 
emphasizes that fact to say, hey, wait a minute, listen. You are to have a physical union. Hashem wants you to have a physical union and a sexual union and a pleasurable sexual union. But never forget the neshama. And our chakras accentuate that. When a woman doesn't lie on her husband's bed in his presence and a man holds back, doesn't even sit on his wife's bed even when she's not present, all of these other halachas is basically being madgish a few things. Number one is the sexual arousal of men and women are, are, are wired differently. And the idea being is also to recognize the soul, the kavod. And busha means that. It's a dignity. It's not a negative, a shame, a, a, a lowliness. Busha is a recognition in a humble way of our higher self, where we're dignified and it's below our dignity to behave in certain ways. You could still enjoy extreme great pleasure, but in a human, healthy way, not in a animalistic, um, um, without any consideration of the soul. And there is where you actually have the most pleasure which we're not going to get really into now, but that really is the case. So the idea is, again, is to recognize that a couple, a husband and wife, their marriage could be strengthened by the choices they make in the bedroom. And to remember that to be careful from both extremes. You ask a Shiloh or Halachic, everyone has different cultures over here who are listening. Some seem to be more conservative and more reserved and more strict and will only do things a certain way exactly as the Lekhetchela prescribed. Others either allow themselves or it's necessary for them to be more broad where halacha allows and to express more freedom in that sexual realm. Again, if there's differences between the two, you iron it out yourselves or speak to someone and to work out a alignment between the two of you but just to say just like overindulgence could create chas v'shalem when leading to negative things we explained a lot of people that ultimately get divorced sometimes have a great uh, sex life like they say they are in the bedroom everything is like unbelievable but it's 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 gehenim in every other area in life and they have to divorce and they do get divorced but at the same, and, and, uh, but at the same time, though, this area is indeed important. But overindulgence or using it in the wrong way is unhealthy. But to remember the opposite is also true. When you're being machmer in this area in life, it's a chumra the asili de kula. Most of the times, it leads to disaster. It leads to more averes or kas or or ill will between a husband and a wife. So it's very, very important to be careful and have a healthy balance when it comes to this area. To respect, you respect whatever culture and kahila you're in, of what you generally are told, to respect it, to try to adhere to it 100%. Everyone, each one according to their thing, and a husband and wife according to theirs, based on that, how they grew up. But at the same time, to remember that every husband and wife is different, and in their own shalom bayis, in their own interactions, they need a healthy shikel between not overindulging and going beyond what you should, but at the same time not being machmer too much, and to allow 
a free expression of a husband fully giving to his wife and a wife fully giving to her husband, which creates a nachas ruach for HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for the Shechina to come down, to be with them, within them, and to, uh, with a full simcha, and menucha sanefesh, yishav adas, in an ultimate, beautiful way. Brochen atzlacha.